Welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, we're going to be talking about assurance mapping. And to talk about that topic today, I have Liz Sandwith as my guest. Liz is the Chief Professional Practices Advisor at the Charter Institute of Internal Auditors in the UK and in Ireland, and has 33 years of experience in internal audit, risk management, and governance. Welcome, Liz, to the podcast. It's an honor to have you on. Thank you very much, John. I'm delighted to be here. Yes, assurance mapping. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about it uh, before the episode. And, you know, in simple terms, how would you explain assurance mapping to those who are starting in the profession and want to know more about assurance mapping? Oh, an interesting question. Um, it uh, For me, assurance mapping, and I have sat at both sides of the table. So I have been a head of internal audit and I have been a chair of an audit and risk committee. And that, that's important because both of those sides of the table have a particular interest in assurance mapping. So as a head of internal audit, why is assurance mapping important and what is it? Across organisations, we have numbers of people who provide assurance, whether that is line management, whether it is senior management, whether it is specialists, so perhaps health and safety people, or whether it's internal audit, or whether it's risk management. There are lots and lots of people, and it can get incredibly confusing as yes. to who is doing what and where and how. Yes. So a map, like any map, helps us better understand who's doing what. So if I said to you, um, come and see me, John, at my home in Leeds, you're going to go, okay, so Leeds, where's Leeds? How do I get there? And therefore, you'll want a map that will show you where you're starting from and where you're going to. And then Leeds isn't enough because Leeds is a big city and therefore you need more information. So I might say to you, oh, well, uh, I live in Headingley in Leeds. And you go, oh, okay, that, that, that's okay. I can look on my map. Oh, Headingley is a small suburb of Leeds. Hmm. But where in that suburb do I need to walk the streets until I see it, Liz wandering about? Or can I be, can I ask her to be more specific? So now I'll give you an address, 21 the High Street. Ah, now I know where Liz is and I know how to get there because I have a map. Assurance mapping is exactly the same sort of thing. It provides clarity. It provides uh, transparency, if you like, as to who is doing what. Because if we don't have an assurance map, what tends to happen is everybody is providing an assurance around, say, procurement. Mm-hmm. And then you get different perspectives because everybody looks at it through a different lens. So right. risk providing assurance around procurement, we'll look at it through a risk management lens. 
management providing, you know, the, the manager in charge of procurement will provide an assurance from his perspective or her perspective in terms of this is my function. I can tell you what's going on. I can provide you with an assurance. And then we as internal audit will provide a different assurance through the internal audit lens. And then you have your poor audit committee sitting there going, oh, my goodness, I've got all of these different assurances around procurement, which is correct. Which one do I rely on? Or are they all good? And, And therefore, an assurance map will help provide clarity as to who's doing what, the perspective they are coming from, and it will also provide if we use you know, either red, amber, green, high, medium, low, in terms of the significance of the assurance that they are providing. There are also other elements to it. So um, it's about making sure that we're not over um, over assuring in a particular area. Right, duplicate efforts. Yes, the worst thing you could possibly have is, John, you as the procurement manager, with a row of people, there's someone from risk, there's someone from compliance, there's someone from internal audit, all standing at your desk, all asking you the same or very similar questions. Totally inefficient use of your time and everybody Mm -hmm. else's. So we've now got over assurance in a particular area, but we could also have you as the procurement manager sitting there, wondering who is ever going to provide assurance about what I'm doing? Who's ever going to come and ask me some Mm -hmm. difficult questions, perhaps? So we could have gaps where no one is providing assurance about what's going on in the business. So a map, an assurance map, helps the audit committee, helps senior management, helps risk and internal audit. No one understands who's doing what. And then collaboratively, we can go, well, internal audit, it would be really helpful if you could provide the assurance around procurement this year, because we as risk did it last year. So it would be good to have a different view, a different pair of eyes through it, different lens. And that will then increase the assurance that the audit committee gets around key business areas. So we can do it for key business areas, procurement, mm-hmm. health and safety, finance, accounts payable, or we can do it for particularly business critical risks. So at the mm-hmm. moment, you know, we've just had COVID, we've got inflation, we've got supply chain, we could have all of those risks listed. And this will be particularly relevant to the audit committee because these will be the things that will be keeping them awake at night. So they will want to know, okay, so we are, say, retail sector. Supply chain is going to be an issue. We're going to have empty shelves. We're going to not be able to deliver to our customers. So who is going to be providing assurance for us around that? And it may well be that they'll say, because it's a particularly business critical risk, Internal audit, can you provide an assurance? So we will do that. And then it will be on the map so the audit committee will know what's going on. So a bit of a long answer to a question that said, tell me simply, but the map 
element is the bit, and the assurance is either everything is going okay or, oh, my goodness, we've got some problems there. Yeah. How, How do we get from point A to point B? Are we going in the right direction? And do we have the right people involved? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, and are we uh, not? We're not being inefficient. We're not duplicating. Right. Neither are we. Do we have business critical risks that actually nobody's looking at that right. could then materialize yes. and cause us all sorts of issues? Yeah, that's an excellent point. It can be at the key business area level, and it can be at the business critical risk area. So it can be from both sides. So you, you touched on many points there. Uh, you know, something that you mentioned, it provides clarity and transparency, you know, reduces uh, duplicate efforts. So what are, you know, th- those are obviously some of the, the benefits of assurance mapping. What is, is there anything that you can add to like, you know, what's the business case for assurance mapping? If, you know, let's say, you know, audit committees asking, you know, Tell me, what are the benefits of assurance mapping? What would be your answer? I think my my main answer would be about visibility and transparency. So everybody knows what they're doing within the organization. And we can also, you know, we've talked about the assurance we are providing. The other part of that is making sure that we've identified the business critical risks. And, you know, currently at the moment, we're in a very volatile environment new risks are coming down the track daily. So, you know, I would hope that we are not seeing um, as business critical risks some of the things that may have been there for five, six years. Um, But actually, at the same time, are we truly reflecting and updating our business critical risks rather than just continuing to work with traditional risks is where I'm coming from. Yes. The, the other benefit I would say at the moment is that, you know, we have often as organizations, as risk people, as internal audit people, as managers, we've tended to look at risk in silos. So, you know, I have a, a risk here that um, the payroll is incorrect. Uh, and And then I have another risk here about we're not paying invoices promptly. And I have another risk here. And and that was very much how we tended to look at risk. What I am hearing, seeing, and absolutely um, resonates with me is that we need to think now about risks and how they link with each other and how risks exacerbate other risks. So it's not put it in a bucket anymore. It's actually, we need to look at it across the organization. What are the impacts of that? So supply chain, yes, that's a risk, but the consequences of that are you're going to have customer dissatisfaction. If customers are dissatisfied, they'll take their business elsewhere. Amazon has seen massive increase as a result of you know, people not going to the high street, but actually ordering online. Yep. I've done that. You know, wind the clock back two years. Liz was not an online shopper <laughs> by any stretch. Yeah, of the many people <laughs> in that. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that 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 you you could lose customers if if when if you're thinking about supply chain, you could have reputational damage. So you know you become known as um, a supplier who doesn't supply. So, you know, that could damage your reputation. You could also um, have problems 
as a, a, a supplier of goods and services to other businesses, impacting them. So I, I, what I'm trying to, to do and see at the moment and articulate is that risks are no longer isolated, but mm-hmm. are very much interwoven with yes. each other. And all of that reputation, loss of customers is going to impact on your revenue. And yeah. if your revenue it is reduced, then potentially you have to make uh, staff savings. You may have not be able to pay salary increases, which at the moment with cost of living increases may mean you lose staff. So I hope you can see how I'm saying that these yes. all roll up and interlink, although it started here as just a supply chain risk. It's about exploring how all of these fit. And that also is part of what an assurance map should be able to demonstrate to, as I said, senior management and your audit committee, and sometimes even your board, if they're particularly, you know, high level business critical risks. Yes, yes. Yeah, I can definitely see assurance mapping as a tool to help internal auditors take a step back and look at the big picture, right? So but not just internal audit, your CEO, your, your senior management team, ex-co, yep. it should be part of your senior leadership team meetings, discussions, and often internal audit will be asked to come and present with their risk colleagues, the assurance map and walk the, the business through it. So everyone understands where internal audit is coming from. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, thinking about an organization and all the different processes that that organization has, are there any processes that you, from your experience, you just can't do an assurance map or it doesn't work as well as, you know, maybe some of the other areas? Oh, that's a good question. I have to think. I actually don't think there is. I think... It will be more successful in some areas than others because it will highlight something perhaps, you know, that people won't be familiar with. That jaw-dropping moment, oh, my goodness, you know, we've got a risk here and nobody's providing an assurance. Or, you know, we're moving the organisation to a new geographical location and we haven't thought through some of the risks and consequences of that move and how that links with what we're doing. So I think in sometimes it's it's that, it's wow, hadn't realized. Other mm-hmm. times it's good to know. Yeah, okay, that, that's great. I think it will also, and, and I know because I've used it for this, it also helps on the internal audit planning. So when mm-hmm. I put together the plan, um, a, a program of work, for you know the year ahead although we don't tend to have annual plans anymore but for a period of time moving forward i can look at this and think about you know what do i know about these areas what's risk done do you know what i'll go and have a conversation with risk um better understand and then decide whether or not it goes in the plan and then yep. of course i can use it to support my um, my program of audit engagements when they go to the audit committee for approval. So the audit committee also gets a better sense of why I'm doing those particular audits. Yes, yes. So it can it can also be a tool not only during an audit, but also, you know, during the risk assessment process, yes. right? Yes, yeah, the planning bit. 
right the planning yep yeah so i mean i i think it sounds sounds like a very good idea uh but maybe not all companies are implementing assurance mapping you know because I think it can be a time-consuming exercise. I don't know. But uh, what are your thoughts on for companies that have not implemented or some of the challenges that they face when they're trying to implement? What are some of the main obstacles that they see and how can those organizations overcome those obstacles? I think it's it's about the concept. I think it's about getting your head around this. Sometimes... Um, organizations, and, and I have seen these, you know, it can run to 60, 70, 80 pages. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not <laughs> what this is about. Yeah. Um, I, I am a great believer, you know, you might say I'm a simple girl at heart. I'm a great believer in that the concept of this is, as I said earlier, it's about being very transparent and it's about being very visible. If you can't get it on one page to present to your audit committee, then I think up to a point you, you've missed the missed a huge opportunity because you're, I said, business critical risks, business mm -hmm. critical functions. It's mm -hmm. not everything that moves in the organization. There you go. Every single risk. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I did some work. Uh, around data protection. And I was talking to the um, risk officer because I was asking him, you know, do you have data protection on your risk register? And he said, oh, yes. And, and you know, he was quite proud of what he was talking about. Yes. And we have a, a risk register. Would you like to have a look at it so you can see it's there? So I said, oh, that would be interesting. And produce this risk register, 562 risks. You can tell it's years ago, but it's stuck in my head. And data protection was, I think, risk 238. And I said, this is great. What do you do with this? And he said, oh, it goes to the audit committee and the senior management team. And I said, both, yes, the senior management team work on this. It goes to their monthly meeting. And I said, how long have you been doing that? And he said, oh, we've been doing that now for just over six months. So I said, oh, this is great. I said, what risk are you on? And he said, we're on risk 25. So I said, well, when do you get to risk 238, data protection, which is the one I was asking about? Right. But, oh, yeah. It's too big, isn't it? It's too detailed. Yes. It's too comprehensive. Yes. You need to categorize some of your risks and make sure you're dealing with the risks that affect the business. And that's the same with the assurance map. You know, if it goes that deep, then, whoa, we've got way too much. It's got to be the things that are going to bring the business to its knees. And then who is providing us assurance around that? And can we place reliance on the assurance that we are being given? That stops your audit committee your CEO, your senior management team losing sleep at night, which they would do with a risk register that ran to 562 risks because they've no idea which are the ones that are going to bring them to their knees. Yes, that's a great takeaway for people listening to the episode is keep it simple. Yes. <laughs> and I think it is because I think if it's simple, you will make it work for you. Um, and it will add real value. I, you know, I remember 
just digressing a moment, when, when I worked at, at um, Channel 5, the, the TV company, we had a brilliant CEO. And she said to me, if you can't send me an email when you've completed an audit engagement and on less than one page, tell me what matters, what I need to know, I know you don't know what it is you've just done. So short (laughs) means that you're demonstrating your real understanding of the business. Yes. Great, great takeaway. I really appreciate your time, Liz, on the podcast. For those who want to connect with you to learn more about assurance mapping or just just to connect with you and uh, be in the loop of what you're doing, what's the best way for them to connect with you? They can either connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, or they can email me at Liz, L-I-Z dot Sandwith, S-A-N-D-W-I-T-H, at I-I-A dot org dot UK. Thank you so much, Liz. It's, it was an honor having you on. Thank you. And I made you smile, so that's got to be good. <laughs> most people think assurance mapping is deadly dull. <laughs> no, it's not. Just keep it simple. <laughs> yeah.